Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. There's a lot more punks than there was four years earlier, but there was also as many posers. Posers were people that look like punks, but they did it for fashion. Welcome to SLC Punks, a Utah jazz podcast brought to you by the staff of SLC Dunk. Now here's your hosts, Michael Lohman and James Hansen. All right, welcome back to the SLC Punks podcast. After the jazz got eliminated, this is Hansen James. And this is Milo, sad as ever. And I wanted, uh, what, what we wanted to do today, not I, us, we wanted to talk a little bit about Cry. the season review. Oh. We wa- <laughs> <What>? <laughs> I'm, at, I'm, already, I'm already in the off-season funk, and I need to get back <laughs> into game shape. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I've been, I, I've been uh, firmly in the Raymond Felton, Boris Diaw training <laughs> I live in the Raymond Felton mindset most times of the year. Never lost. We we wanted to review the season, maybe some of our favorite moments, some of the things we liked, some of the things that got us excited, some of the things uh, that made us happy. And then uh, we wanted to talk a little bit about the offseason, maybe free agency, maybe trades. Uh, I think for me, this season has honestly been one of the best stories Maybe the best season the Jazz have ever had in terms of just the story was so fun. The fact that the Jazz kind of started off with such a heartbreak at the beginning. It really was like a movie this season with, a, with Gordon Hayward leaving and, and uh, you know, George Hill kind of spurning Dennis Lindsay and the Jazz not signing a contract that really ended up being a dodged bullet. And then, uh, you know, seeing... Donovan Mitchell go into this, to summer league after the exciting trade that happened, mm-hmm. like Dennis Lindsay getting that trade. I screamed as loud for that trade when I found out. I was on Facebook Live when it happened, and I was just like, just like yelling. What? And I don't even think I don't know if anyone even was watching that live stream. Our leaves live stream has grown from then, but uh, the very first live stream was that one of the first ones. Uh well last year we had the halftime shows. We had the and halftime shows and those were those were Those were a learning shows. experience. <laughs> oh, that was like G League. That was like our G League. Like we were figuring that, it out. We were like we're like, yeah, a halftime show. Because people Michael, like watching. Michael that halftime. was Michael putting James in the G League to just develop his <laughs> anyway. Yeah, it was just like I mean, I really pulled a Kevin O'Connor. I just really didn't know what to do with you and I felt like that was I could look smart later on. <laughs> but hey guess what it did work uh i'm i mean in seven years i'm gonna remember that in my free agency discussions but uh it uh but anyways we did the we did the the, <laughs> the live stream and i honestly screamed when we got that trade like a game winner in a playoff game because like you could just tell that donovan mitchell was special you could 
You really you could. could. That, that first game we were at, I remember both of us were like, oh my gosh. Like, just, even from the layup line. Now, this seems like very Homer's thing to say. But in the layup line, he just looked like he was having fun. And a lot of those... And he looked he looked completely comfortable in this, uh, I would say, fishbowl setting that is summer league, where you have a mm-hmm. where it's this mix of players who are just trying to play for their uh, for their contract lives to get it get a, a summer uh, not a summer league but a training camp invite, mm-hmm. and and there was Donovan just cool as could be throwing down windmills reverses. Try- oh, he did the. The game-winning dunk in the dunk contest, the Vince Carter, he did that in that layup line and didn't miss. Mm-hmm. He, he, he had like four winning. dunks, like four dunk contest dunks in a row, didn't miss. And it was and, and, and from that point on, I, I, I can't – I've said this before in probably two or three articles. There was that, – that July 3rd Summer League game was just such a weird atmosphere – because everybody in that everybody in that audience knew that Gordon Hayward and the Utah Jazz were meeting that day. Everybody knew. Everybody was like following their phones to see what had happened, or if he'd signed, or anything. And I think a lot of us thought, "Oh, he's going to sign, and we're going to get the update in the middle of this game." Mm-hmm. And it, like they're going to go there. He's had his fun. He feels courted. But the Utah Jazz are going to his house. They're going to sign on the dotted line, and we'll find that out pretty quickly here during the game. Mm-hmm. And adding to the intrigue, you had Danny Ainge, who's sitting, who's sitting in the corner there, just going back and forth behind the Boston Celtics uh, bench, kind of in the crowd. But he would look at his phone, and then anytime Danny Ainge looked at his phone, it wasn't just us. It, wasn't even the basketball geeks. Everyone would be like, hey, 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 look, he's looking at his phone. And then he'd smile and be like, oh, that's bad news for the Utah Jazz. Danny H smiled. Like, he looks happy. There was a lot of dread that night. I mean, there it was. was the weirdest, bittersweet, like, but sweet the- and sour. It was watching Donovan look incredible, but also watching, like, but we were thinking Donovan our futures Mitchell were on the line. Got it got to the uh, So every a lot of Jazz fans were there. They saw the Sixers and the and Spurs. Oh, no, Sixers and Celtics play first, and and then um, the Jazz and the Spurs got going. But once Donovan Mitchell hit that layup line, I don't think anybody else talked about what was going on with Gordon Hayward in that crowd. All of a sudden, Donovan Mitchell, it was his show, and if there that was such a great like metaphor symbol of what was going on on that time is even with all the noise that was going on about Gordon Hayward, all the noise about, you know, uh, where's the franchise going? The literal future of the franchise was right there and just took control, took control Mm -hmm. just by, just by playing, just by being carefree, his smile, his attitude, his swag, everything. It just, it wasn't one confident dude. And I, I think Donovan Mitchell, he, I don't think he realizes how much of his personality was exactly what the fan base needed. Oh, he was re- already healing the fan base before they were even hurt. Yeah. And so, so he, w- and so that was how this, the off season, the 2018, uh, 2017 off season started. 
that's how this whole thing got going. And it's just amazing how then the next day everyone shattered. And then mm-hmm. on and then on the next day that was what no, it was two days later, two days later on July seventh, that was when I made the tweet where Donovan Mitchell went nuts in a summer league game and I said and I put out you fans, you could have had a Gordon Hayward, you could have had a statue. And then Donovan Mitchell, hold my beer. And what was funny is like few, what was it? Two days ago, cold takes found that and, and they retweeted it and they're like, wow, look at the timestamp on this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that honestly, Donovan Mitchell made this season special. I mean, there are other players that were incredible for the jazz this year. Rudy Gobert for one is still continues to be one of the most underrated players in the NBA. But Donovan Mitchell healed an entire city and fan base who honestly, like, we both have watched every single Gordon Hayward game he played for the Jazz. We, like, you know, talked about him for years and years, like, what he could become, what he would be from starting off to be kind of this kind of soft, uh, gangly you know, player with a little bit of upside to an all-star, and then he just leaves us. And the whole time we supported Gordon Hayward, we were talking to and sending sniper shots on Twitter to national guys that you knew didn't really know a lot about Gordon Hayward, but acted mm-hmm. like they... And then all having... All they were the biggest stands. Exactly, yeah. Like, as if you had actually watched a jazz game in the last month, you're tweeting like you did. But anyways, like... Donovan Mitchell joining the team was absolutely the the biggest story of the season. He just and it was one not just a big story for the Jazz, but a big story in the NBA. He absolutely took the entire NBA by storm. He did things that I've never seen before, and that includes Stockton and Malone, where he becomes the highlight reel on ESPN. They just he absolutely took control of of Twitter on on you know. Every at least once a week, it was Donovan Mitchell night because he would do something that just blew your mind. Whether it was like an alley oop or a game winning three against like the Spurs, or winning the dunk contest, or and it got to the point like at the last half of the season, like I think Donovan Mitchell is up to like a million followers on Instagram or Twitter or something like that. I'm not sure, but now all of his tweets become news because he's such a big guy. Like he right. Remember when he was retweeting us? <laughs> I know. <laughs> like now when he first he's... got here, like I think he got wise and be like, okay, these guys are small time. But he at one point, <laughs> at one point he was like retweeting us, and we're like, holy crap, Donovan Mitchell's retweeting us. But at the same time, we didn't think he was going to be this much of a star. Like we, we believe so. But like, uh, it is very on brand for any any for SLC Dunk to love potential over than re- over results. That's like that's very much our brand for the past ten years. Like we were all for like the the core four, the the uh, like building them up and and rebuilding. Like that's that's very much an SLC dunk brand. We're all mm-hmm. about the rookies. Um, oh, absolutely, the rookies, so, the upside. And so, and so him retweeting us like that. Of course, we're gonna stunt for him. Like that's a funny thing. Like it, you bring in anybody else who had Donovan Mitchell's production. And we would probably stun over the guy who had three less years experience and less and, and, and less production if he was like a rookie over a seven year vet. And uh 
case in point, look at how we reacted this year with Donovan Mitchell versus last year with Gordon Hayward. It's on brand for us. He's an Um, absolute star. 1.1 million followers on Instagram and 245,000 on Twitter. So he's just nuts. He's made it nuts. Remember when we had more followers than him? Like, yeah, that's a long point, time ago. There was a point. point where we had more followers than Donovan Mitchell in the last year. This is nuts. Uh, before, un- before, before he was getting, before he had declared himself drafted. This, it's just crazy. Yeah, he is. He is absolutely just a superstar. And so the things, the, honestly, the high point of this season, and and we can delve into the nitty gritty if you want, but just Donovan Mitchell is the story. Uh, you don't want to forget about the other guys because there are some fun things. Maybe we could talk about that a little bit. I feel like Joe Ingles was a big story this year. Just he he quietly is like a big time, uh, just kind of a Twitter cult hero. He's Shea Serrano's he favorite players. Sorry, uh, Donovan Mitchell's Instagram stories come up. He's still just a normal guy. He's going to Boston Market, I guess. But oh, but. No. Uh, be careful oh, with the, car. the Boston market. The Boston market. He's just okay. Okay, we're okay. <laughs> Don't go Sorry. to Boston. Sorry, true. I was just. Don't leave us for Boston just... market, Donovan Mitchell. Oh jeez, I couldn't handle it. I had, I, to, I had a flashback. I can't even. Con- I can't even contemplate those things. But Joe <laughs> Joe Ingles has become just. He's kind of like a hipster superstar in a way on Twitter. Like if you know who, that's like a good. Uh, test for someone if you're talking basketball like on twitter or in real life is like what did what do they think when you say the name joe ingles and if if they don't know who he is then you know they're they're a filthy casual if yes, they know joe ingles joe- is a great uh, like a, a great differentiator kind of like no want to know who uh, joe ingles reminds me of in the nba uh, like currently he kind of reminds me of shane battier like a guy uh, who has uh. n- no business being as good as he is, but is as good as he is uh, for like because of the way he approaches the game. Because he can, he Joe Ingles is uh, could only have survived in this analytics day and age. Like that's what makes his game so great, and that's why I also think why he first came to the NBA, he wasn't appreciated and wasn't seen for what he is, mm-hmm. because. It wasn't. It wasn't the three and D. The, th- the term three and D like only started to come out. I think like what two thousand thirteen, two thousand thirteen was when uh, like the real popularity of like you got to have that three and D guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. It's just become something that we all just know and talk about, and it's a nice label actually for some players. But I think Joe Ingles even goes beyond three and D because he's a ball handler. He runs a pick and roll. He can play point guard. He did. In the playoffs when Rubio went down, you saw him play a lot of point guard and allow a little yeah. bit of pressure off of Donovan Mitchell. Uh, <sighs> the craziest thing about the first round of those playoffs is the fact that you know OKC came out with a game plan focused on Joe Ingles rather than Donovan Mitchell. And if you'd have told me that three years ago when the Jazz picked up this guy off the waiver wire, I'd have been like, "Are you what?" <laughs> oh, I was looking. I was looking up past tweets by the SLC by SLC Dunk um, and myself. <laughs> like when Joe Ingles was first signed and man, we had so many jokes about Joe Ingles. We're like, we're like Joe Ingles is Quinn Snyder's Matt Harpering. Um, <laughs> Joe Ingles, uh, like, like 
the Jazz are losing and need and, and and need a punch from the bench. So of course Quinn Snyder goes to Joe Ingles. Like this is before we knew anything, and he wasn't that good when he first started. Uh, I shouldn't say that good, but he just was wasn't having good games. Well, and he was like he was incredibly pass first, and he was incredibly just not afraid, but just like almost at times refused to ever shoot the ball. And he had that slingshot form, and if he so ever went to the rim, he, he never shoot. took it. And so the few times he did shoot, like it, when it went in, it felt like it was a rarity because he didn't shoot that much. And so you're like, mm-hmm. oh, this is always a dice game when Joe Ingles is shooting, especially when he's shooting like a broken uh, creative player from 2K. Like, and mm-hmm. and throughout that season, he got better and better and better. And then who would have thought the next season he would be supplanting like – I remember writing the article – um, when because Rodney Hood went out with an injury and Joe Ingles filled in amazingly, and I I wrote the article should the Utah Jazz go uh, stick with Joe Ingles in the starting lineup, and I had a ton of commenters being like this is this is crazy this is like you can't do this because Rodney uh, Rodney Hood's younger and blah 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 but the Utah Jazz had played much better with Joe Ingles in that starting lineup because mm-hmm. of his playmaking and and his defense which you weren't getting from Rodney Hood at the time. And so and then they went back to Rodney Hood for just a little bit and then in that last March stretch they're like, "No, we're going back to Joe Ingles." That was really yeah, nice. Yeah, it we became all like very that. apparent like this is a better player and it's not really even close, honestly. Yeah, so Joe that's... Ingles, that's the thing, that's the story too is Joe Ingles is a legitimate top 10 wing in the NBA, at least as a small forward. Like he is a legitimately really nice player and uh it's one of don Don, uh dennis Lindsay's best pickups he's ever had he got joe ingles for nothing and the jazz have developed into just a playoff a winning playoff team contributor and starter you know it's it's kind of crazy and we've we're kind we talked about this you and i have talked about this and uh um and and amongst our staff we've talked about this how Dennis Lindsay now, he's had so many of these reclamation projects or he's hit so many times in the draft now over the past, what, five years now? Mm-hmm. Um, that you look at, so he's hit on Rudy Gobert with the 27th pick. He hit with Donovan Mitchell with the 13th. He, um, he, found, he found Howell Neto. He's, he traded one of his picks for George Hill, which resulted in them getting to the playoffs. He's um, he's he's found really good value, and so now when now and then then that's not even just a draft. Then you look at his his undrafted picks, his undrafted signees like Joe Ingles, Royce O'Neal, mm-hmm. um, and then going after Epe Udo, and then finding value with Jonas Jerebko and Tabo Cephalosha. I, I will be honest, when I was writing stories last offseason trying to get hype about Tabo Cephalosha and Jonas Drebko, like I was writing them being like, you know, maybe he's finding value, like going the money ball route. Not because I really believed he was going the money ball route, but it was just like, please, please <laughs> allow myself, please, la, la, like allow me to talk myself <laughs> into believing. I like that. Not that I actually believed what I was writing. <laughs> But I was like, I want to believe that we're not rudderless and that we're actually doing something with strategy, because last last off season, because how all everything went with Gordon Hayward, 
it was like, well, do we throw $20 million, $25 million at Rudy Gay? And like, that was the last remaining. And there were some jazz fans out there who were like, we need to go after that. And it was like, hold up, hold up, pump the brakes, pump the brakes. Oh man, that makes my heart hurt just thinking about that. Just, just because you missed out on the star cheerleader for prom, like don't go after the it's like yeah don't just like, rebound you, 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 you don't you don't you just like you had goals stick with them like <laughs> like 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 it just just calm down just 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 calm it down for just a second or 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 a better example is like you were gonna spend all this money on a porsche and you're like oh the porsche is not available okay i'm just gonna take this civic and just uh, yeah, and, yeah, and just soup it up really and get a really big paint job, and then maybe maybe if we put like you know just change the body on it, it could maybe look like a Porsche nine eleven just for a little bit. Like you you don't have to like, and that was I think the restraint on Dennis Lindsay. That's the one thing I did I did think there was a lot of strategy with because I looked at these moves and. More or less, I looked at these moves like we have to put bodies on the floor, and we and it's better to go with a defensive identity than no identity at all. So I looked mm-hmm. at it like he was like, "Well, we're going to have to punt on this year anyway. We might as well make sure we keep our culture. We're not going to be good, but we're going to keep our culture of being a defensive team." And and, and they I did. That's what, they became they incredible did. defensively. They just did, and and Royce O'Neal honestly has is quietly becoming one of the more exciting players on the jazz for me. And if he continues to improve and like improve, cause right now at a baseline, Royce O'Neal is a very high level bench player. That's his floor is like a high level defensive specialist who can hit threes, the three and D wing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Dennis Lindsay has found those players and I have no reason to believe that Dennis Lindsay won't add at least one more piece in this off season, whether it's, you know, make some sort of nice trade that helps the Jazz win now that kind of hopefully fits the timeline of Donovan Mitchell mostly and then also that Rudy Gobert timeline. Or maybe it's just another reclamation project that Quinn's, that Dennis is like, you know what, this guy's going to be really good. We just have to wait and be patient and he'll get there, kind of like Joe Ingles. It took Joe Ingles two or three years to get there. Right. And It, it really did. And, and that's, why, that's why it might be... Dante Exum might be that thing. I don't know. I actually have a feeling this offseason is going to be a little boring for Jazz fans in some ways. Like, there's not. I, I, I think, think so too. Going to be I a huge I, splash. Yeah, unless something out of the ordinary happens, where a free agent wants to go to Utah, and Utah's like, okay, well, we're going to have to find some cap space for you. Exactly. But like, it's, if, uh, if Paul but I don't calls, see them like going on the work. circuit. Yeah, exactly. But I don't see I don't see Utah going on the circuit to try to court these court anybody this season. Mm-hmm. I yeah like you know the jo- the Joe Johnson signings the one people talk about a lot like oh yeah like Joe Johnson called and that was cool and that's a good sign I I don't think I think George is going to L A and we're not getting Kawhi I mean unless you know there's just not a package the Jazz are giving to San Antonio and, and why would you package when he's a free agent next year that's exactly the, that's the other thing I don't I, like when. Um, when, when, when there are people who are like, well, who could the jazz package for Kawhi Leonard? Don't, why? He's a one-year rental. He's mm-hmm. literally a one-year rental. And, and I, I don't get the impression with Kawhi where he's like, I have to play in a big market. I think Kawhi is going to go where Kawhi wants to go. And, and when you look at the things that he values, I think he just values, um, feeling validated. I think the other thing too is it, it, he's going to want to go to a, 
a team that has as good of an infrastructure and culture like the Spurs do. And so that, so that's, he's not going to go to a New York. He's not going to go to, um, an LA or he's not going to go to, you know, one of these high flashing, he's going to want to play for a team like Houston or Boston or Utah or, uh, or, um, or they do Golden have, State, like, or like, it's like teams, one of the... teams that have good cultures, and I think that's the the biggest thing going fo- forward is to have a culture and an identity in the NBA is so important now, especially as like playing in Utah, it, and and I, I think it took Donovan Mitchell to really prove to me because I kind of said that being like you can become a star in your own right anywhere. But I said that as a Jazz fan, wanting to hope it's true. You know, you're just like, hopefully, if we have a star, you know, people will recognize him. Because with with Gordon Hayward, people didn't recognize Gordon Hayward as a star, and so anytime people were like, "Oh, the great players in the NBA," and if as a Jazz fan last year, you're like, "Well," and then there's Gordon Hayward, and then the room shuts up, and they're like, "What'd you say?" You know, just like the record scratch, you're like, Rrr. you know, you're like, oh, you said, uh, you said uh, Gordon Hayward was a star." And people would be like, yeah, I guess, yeah. I mean, if you look at it in a certain way, I guess you could always be a star. <laughs> anybody but, could be a star i guess it could be really a star if you really put it and believe in yourself and, but with <laughs> but with donovan mitchell dude's a superstar and kind of like shea serrano talks about where a guy there's there's a marketability and the superstar ability like the that ability to really be a highlight show and you're the top story on espn because be just because mm-hmm. <laughs> like well, because he does the sexy things, he he puts up, he wins games, he puts up highlight plays. Like he takes he's over so, games. He's so like vine friendly, is what it is. Right. It's just like well, he, and Gordon Hayward just... would take over games, but it never felt like Gordon Hayward took over games. It felt like Gordon Hayward got hot and hit a few shots, but it was like it was. Well, he very... would like he would like efficiency a team to death. Like yeah, it's very much like, like Kevin Love takes over a game. He's like he's hit three straight threes. We need to get up in his grill. Versus Donovan Mitchell, where it just—he's just going to work. Well, and he just like, like I don't he know did how it in an exciting way, you know. It's just mm-hmm. like, and he just does—he just does incredible things. And then on top of that, you have the personality, which is actually electric, that Gordon does not have. Like he does interviews, he uh, does signings, he is willing to go on any podcast or show and just talk about basketball. And he's willing to be asked tough questions. Like, should you be rookie of the year and stuff? And he's not afraid. Like he's honestly, he's a star for more than just his incredible play. It's everything else too. And can we talk about how yoked is he going to be next season? He can be so yoked. right? He's He's already already shredded. Yeah. Like he's going to, he's just going to be, straight like yoke like 12 team of oxen yoked well and you know the thing that's exciting about that's the big thing about this offseason so honestly if i'm the jazz unless you have one of those tier one or you know tier 1.2 guys call you just work kind of on developing what you have like donovan mitchell is going to take two or three steps which is scary to think about like he's going to get better and that's a lot of how the Jazz get better next season. You have mm-hmm. Royce O'Neal, who just needs to improve his three-point shooting. Uh, the Jazz will start next season from game one with chemistry already built from this season between Ricky Rubio and Donovan Mitchell. 
if they, you know, because we still have one more year of Ricky Rubio. And I, there's some interesting thoughts and ideas about Ricky Rubio being traded, I think. But at the same time, I think that he's proven himself to be a big piece and maybe someone you want to invest in a little bit more long term. Like right. I could see, th- I could see the Jazz after next season throwing him a reasonable contract and him accepting it. Everything he said after, you know, the season was over was like talking about how big things are going to be. I think Ricky Rubio's really found a home in Salt Lake, and I, I wonder. I think so if- too. It's crazy with Ricky. Like you look at Ricky and you're like, this dude has been playing basketball forever because he's been talked about forever since he was like 15. Like mm-hmm. I remember hearing about the, about Ricky Rubio what, a long ways ago, and people were like, "Oh yeah, there's this teenager who's just killing it." Da, 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 da. Like you'd you'd see stories about on like uh, um, who uh, Chad Ford would talk about him um, that like he's going to be a big big time guy. And and reminder, he was drafted ahead of Johnny Flynn, of Steph Curry. Uh, he he was he was the big get. And, and honestly, he was—he's been a good player. He hasn't been an amazing player, but at time, like he's a really—he's a starting level point guard with elite level passing and subpar shooting, like that. Well, and but and this season, this season, check this out. Like, okay, so now this season is over. He shot thirty-five percent from three, and I think we talked about if he shoots thirty-three percent, it's a win. Mm-hmm. And, he shot, and that's what he did. He, he, he shot thirty-five. Thirty-five percent from three, and then if you look at his splits for the season, like from from uh, th- from three, post All Star break, he shot forty percent, shot forty-one percent. So like, it's reasonable to like put a goal for Ricky Rubio at thirty-six percent from three for the season. I think that's not an unreasonable ask of Ricky Rubio, and. If you're getting 36% from three from Ricky Rubio and you combine that with Donovan Mitchell. And is, and is, and is, I also think the other thing too is like the reason people even bring up trading Ricky Rubio and you and I have talked about it. I'm like, it, you do that if you're creating cap space, really, right? Like uh-huh. that's what you're doing it for. You're, you're like, we're going to go for the star this year. And the, I think the only way I see Ricky Rubio actually getting traded is if if, if Paul Utah's George like, calls or something. exactly exactly you're like okay we're moving everything we're going to re-sign Dante Exum he's going to be our our point guard because that's what we're able to do and <laughs> because that's what we have the money to do because he's a restricted free agent and mm-hmm. that's our off season but I, but that's I mean, 99 times out of 100, that's not going to happen this offseason. Exactly. It's going to be a. It's going to be Ricky Rubio, Donovan Mitchell, Joe Ingles, question mark, Rudy Gobert. And, right. I mean, and so what do you think? Does Derek Favors resign with the Jazz? Do, do the Jazz move forward with Jay Crowder and kind of look at maybe developing through the draft a little bit of power forward in some way? I look at, not, I look at Derek Favors. I think... I look at Derek Favors not returning, but not because Utah doesn't want him to. I think because there's just so much limited money out there, Utah's going to be smart and wait before they throw money at Derek Favors. Like mm-hmm. that, like you would be stupid not to, knowing that there is a limited about amount of money out there, and and they'll probably tell him, hey, if you find a contract, we'll match it. But I. Even if Utah resigns Derek Favors, I can't imagine them doing a long-term contract. 
I imagine they what's in the realm of possibility for Jack Favors is like they overpay for one season. Mm-hmm. Like they well, give him a one year twenty million. You're like, hey, get that bread. Um, but we are definitely going to be keeping ourselves open for that free agency of 2019 because we'll have Burks off off the books. And we're going to have Rubio off the books. Like if you look at at Utah's Utah's salary for uh, for going into uh, this season. Uh, geez, why can't I pull this up? Where is the contracts? So if you look at this season, so after 2018, 2019, here's who's on the books going into that off season. Gobert, Ingles, Jay Crowder, Royce O'Neal, Donovan Mitchell, Tony Bradley. And even mm-hmm. then they have to, they have to accept Donovan Mitchell's a deal. And they're going to want Utah's going to want to go into that off season with they'll be they'll have they'll <laughs> their salary cap the money against the cap will be fifty one thousand nine hundred and ninety five. I mean fifty one million. million. Yeah, fifty one. <laughs> I was gonna say, oh, that's pretty sorry. good. <laughs> yeah, but it's killing it. We got okay. sorry, sorry, sorry. I was I, I was I was thinking in K, and <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're good. So. so, so Backstory: In my job, we deal with we, we deal with K, and so anyway, so uh, so this so that's in, insane, and so there's well, no way there's no way Utah's going to look at uh, look at Derek Favors and they're going to be like, hey, you know what we'd really like to do? We'd love to tie up all of this money, mm-hmm. especially with the uh, projected salary cap. Like even if say they get Don uh, get Dante Exum to a team friendly deal, they sign him to like four uh, like three years or three plus one at twelve million. They give him the Alec Burks contract that descends over time. They're still at sixty one mil at at a salary cap that's going to be at about a hundred and four, a hundred and five. Mm-hmm. And I... and 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 let's 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 think clearly on this as well. The, the NBA is going to start having a revenue problem. And what I mean by revenue problem is they've it, it continued to climb in revenue every single year just mm-hmm. by just by TV contracts, renegotiating things. And they're starting to hit a re- – they're, they're going to hit their next ceiling. And guess what? Rich people always want more money, right? So what's the only way that you can do when you can't renegotiate the TV contracts, when everything is, is out? Ah, expansion. And at some point – Expansion is going to hit, and so Utah is going to want to make sure that they have their main guys locked up, and they're able mm-hmm. to, because their bargain contracts have taken care of them. Care of them, uh, they're not going to be too. They're not going to be working too well for them going into uh, into next years. And we, and by two thousand nineteen, two thousand twenty, which is that season that they're going to be. It's crazy to think that we're almost at two thousand twenty. By the way, but in that. In that season, that's where you could see an expansion team of Seattle. That's where you could see another expansion team of a Kansas City or a Vancouver or or a Las Vegas or a Mexico City, and that's and and so you as a as a as a front office got to start looking at that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's going to be. I I really would honestly be. I do know it's like it's a tough market for favors to get a huge contract out there. There. But it only takes like what do people say? It only takes one team that wants him and will throw enough money to get him. I think 
Derek Favors free agency is pretty straightforward. He's just going to go where he gets the most money. You know, if mm-hmm. if if Milwaukee comes to Derek Favors and said, "We'll give you this money because we haven't had a good big in a while." Uh he's probably taking it, you know. Mm-hmm. It's it's really pretty straightforward and simple and I don't have anything against Derek Favors doing something like that. People saying like, "Well, maybe he'll give you a Utah discount." No. He kind of already did that in his first contract. A little and it, bit, and, and look how how it worked out for him. It worked out pretty well because you consider the injuries, he got good money considering he was an injured player, and at times honestly looked a little shaky before this season. Mm-hmm. And it worked out for the Jazz because he's contributed to playoff wins in the playoffs. So I think it worked out pretty well for both sides. But you know, Derek's going to just take the best tr- contract available and probably the one that comes with the most money on the most amount of years. Because to be quite honest, he's had an injury history. He he is kind of an in-between center power forward, and he can't really be a power forward in the NBA. Like, he works with the Jazz, but the Jazz have an elite head coach who's found a way to make it work. Uh, and they've had I to don't... stagger his minutes. They've had to stagger those minutes with, with uh, uh, basically using him as a backup center. Like, if you look at, at Derek Favors this year, and the amount of time that, like, if you look at the amount of time he's spent at each position this mm-hmm. year, um, let's see, we're, 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 oh man, I just lost that. So yeah, he spent this season when people are like, oh yeah, him and him and uh, Rudy worked out really well. He spent sixty one percent of his time at center. Mm-hmm. That's because that's what he is, and and it's not to say that uh, it hasn't worked at times with Rudy and Derek on the floor. Uh, the thing about Derek is he just makes winning plays. He's one of those players that just helps you win games. You're just better with him on the floor. But I feel like with with there's just a certain ceiling there. It's kind of like how people talk about Ricky Rubio. There's definitely a high floor, but there's definitely a ceiling as well if Derek Favors is your power forward. And maybe that's a real – I don't know. I guess there's debate there on how high that ceiling is. But the Jazz, like you said, have some contracts they've got to think about coming up in the next two or three years. Mm-hmm. And they've got to make sure that they are are good about that. And that's what Dennis Lindsay's been incredibly effective at, is making sure that the contracts and the timelines work so that he's not strapped down completely. You know, right. the Jazz, I can't remember the last time the Jazz have had to take on, just make a bad trade just because they made mistakes with a, with a contract. That just doesn't happen with Dennis Lindsay. The, worst the last one was Ronnie say, Brewer. Like the, you have to go back to Ronnie Brewer. The last time they had to, to to cut salary and do something and just cut salary for the sake of cutting salary. That was with Kevin exactly. O'Connor. And maybe, that didn't work out. Go that didn't work out too well. It mm-hmm. pissed off a lot of people on that on that uh, roster. Mm-hmm. It did, and and I guess people could say Alec Burks a little bit, but Alec Burks was contributing in the playoffs. So even that, you I could know. say, well, it's turned out to be okay. And, like and, it's not, and, and they're not great the contracts. Like you look at Joe Ingles' contract; he made fourteen million this year. And you're like, and at first we're like, well, you're paying fourteen million for for Ingles, and, but it scales and by down. the end of the season, we're like, we're only paying fourteen mil for Ingles, then thirteen mil, then eleven mil, then his last season is ten point eight. So that's a really great contract. Um, the mm-hmm. other great thing is, next year Alec Burks, he's a he. That's that's an expiring deal. Rubio, expiring deal. Cephalosha, expiring deal. Jonas Drebko. That's part of why I think they keep a lot of this team intact because, it's, so part of part of being um, 
for example, look at Houston and James Harden. They they were able to nab a star player in the making because they had a grip ton of expiring deals that allowed them to throw them over to to Oklahoma City and then also give them some some young developing talent. And you look at Utah next season and you're like, okay, well they could they could sign Derek Favors. So say they sign Derek Favors to like a one year like eighteen million dollar contract. They they give him that bread. Mm-hmm. And then they go to Dante Exum and say, Hey Dante, we want you to stay. They invest in Dante and they give him like the Alec Burks contract. So it's like Yeah, exactly. That's what I was thinking he'd get to. Right, so it's it's basically like uh, it goes like twelve million, like fourteen million, thirteen million, ten million, eleven million. So it descends, um, similar to Joe Ingles, and mm-hmm. say, "Hey, we're banking on you. We want we 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 want want this, and and over time, it works out to be about twelve million a year." So they give the they have those two deals. They will and they retain everybody else. They will be over the salary cap. One person I don't think that will be back next year. I don't think Hal Neto will be back. Oh really? Even though I mean he's not making all that much. He isn't, but I bet you there's going to be a team that's like, "Hey, he could be a really good backup." That's true, and maybe you get a second round. I I mean, I guess. And he's not he's <laughs> not on he, he's he's not on contract. He's he he's an expiring deal this year. Oh, so is he's a free he? Agent. Oh, I didn't realize that. I thought he was on next. Oh, you're right. Mm-hmm. He might get uh, that uh, Shelvin Mack bread, that four million yeah. year from Orlando. There's always an Orlando, and his, their name <laughs> is Orlando. <laughs> oh, I didn't realize he was expiring. Dang it! The wolf. Yeah. Although Colin the Wolf, wolf anymore since Gordon Hayward gave him that nickname, it kind of taints it a little. I know exactly. And we have a lion in Rubio. That's right. And the I lion. just hope that hair. Can... What if, like, by the time the season starts, Rubio just has like a beard to his chest, and like he just has a ponytail with hair Dude, down in the middle of his If he cuts his, his hair, I will be pissed. <laughs> I will be royally pissed. Like they're like every like Rubio is a man now. If they think here's the big reason they can't trade Rubio is because the Jazz will lose all their female fans, and they can't do that. Like we need no, to sell. They're, 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 no, they're getting tons by Joe Ingles. <laughs> that's true. Don't forget like, Joe like, Ingles. That, that's half the reason why they gave him all those contracts. Like I know for a fact, a fact, and you can fight me on this. He gets pink jersey money. Like fat stacks of pink jersey money. Oh, I mean, it's actually been a lot of fun. But I go to work, and honestly, there are pictures of all the late. There's, it's been Jasmania in Salt Lake City. I'll say that. And like on all the desks, there's these pictures of of Ricky Rubio. I know of girls at work that have just their own Instagram DM groups where they just like. I know of one that's called uh, Ricky Rubio is Bay, and it's a DM group that only females are allowed in. <laughs> this is why you can't trade Ricky Rubio. You just can't. Like, well, he's just such a great guy. Like, he, I, that's the thing. He's incredibly likable in every way. I look at him, and especially, man, if he's – that hamstring's all healthy and all back to normal. I, I, I Here's the biggest – the biggest silver lining of the whole playoffs. Like, the Jazz got eliminated by Houston, but Ricky is going to be able to return to return to training really soon. Mm-hmm. He won't Same spend half the season learning the system. He'll know yes. the system. We're not having to fight him. Does he have to, We're not having to fight him for play, playing with Spain this season either. 
He was wearing like a Pau Gasol hat in one of his Instagram stories. I don't know if that means anything. But, but, but we're not uh, going to have to worry about splitting time with Eurobasket with him. Um, that's right, because it's every fourth year or something so like that. So he's going to get to train in Utah. So we're uh, getting, he gets the Johnny Bryant treatment. And then you got um, – so that's that's even more awesome. Donovan Mitchell is going to be able to return. Dante Exum is going to be able to return. So – and as long as we just – can we just not play the Phoenix Suns in preseason? Can we just not – Ever well, aren't they coming to summer league? Aren't they replacing Petty Boston? And I don't know, I can't remember. Oh who yeah, that was. yeah, yeah. Because Boston is just going Las Vegas only. Which, if we're being real, it didn't make any sense for Boston to do the Utah Jazz summer league. I think they just came over from Orlando, and they're like, Orlando sucks. This is nominally better. Yeah, which is like <laughs> that is that that is a great slogan for the city of Orlando. <laughs> nominally worse <laughs> this is nominally worse but it could get better <laughs> come to orlando because because what do, what do people say like the only thing like people don't go to orlando they go to disney world no one's like man my time in orlando uh-huh. was amazing i loved orlando versus like people were like man i went to miami miami killer oh man the beaches the people the babes the hotels the, 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 the miami Versus, like, no one's like, Orlando. <laughs> it's just not the same. How can you be in Florida and still not be very good? And just like, Orlando, it's... You can Orlando. go to Disney World. You can go to Disney World, where you're going to want to probably just stay in a hotel there and just pretend that Disney World is its own encapsulated city. <laughs> uh, poor Orlando. They probably have the saddest off season of anybody I, I'm, I'm sorry if i've i've made the one jazz fan who lives in orlando sad well i apologize but you live in orlando <laughs> shout out to that guy but shout like out that, to the dude who how lives do, in orlando how do how does uh how does orlando manage to not get a top five pick again like oh, man they're so bad but they're so bad at being bad aren't they it, they really are like the saddest run thing there is i they're just... kind of like the indiana pacers in the years back where they're like are you are you tanking are you making playoffs like you've been like it, it, it was like are you like they just show up to the nba draft and they're like uh indiana pacers party of one they're like oh yes we've been saving the 12th pick all year like it like they've just and they just go and that's how i feel about orlando they're well, like oh oh look orlando's here you're going to habitually select 6th through ninth. You're going to get the high ups, upside pick. But you're well, they're really just going to be good enough to get Mo Bamba, and they already have, like, Jonathan Isaac. You're so going like, uh, to have Mo Bamba, Jonathan Isaac, Aaron Gordon. They're like, hi, we have all these really athletic guys who can't shoot. <laughs> we can this, protect the uh, – They can't or, protect. It's just like, so they, bad. Just, and they're not going to have a good coach. And they're like, and the best part about drafting all these young prospects is we're going to sign people to play in front of you. Oh, man. It just makes me want to think of nicknames for Orlando, like Borlando. Poor Lando. Poor Lando. They're just <laughs> bad. They're just like, I, 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 if I was an Orlando Magic fan, I would hate that franchise. Like, they, like, they are, the way they're running their franchise is like, 
late Kevin O'Connor, not early Kevin O'Connor, because early Kevin O'Connor had had his ish together, like he was full on the tanking train. But late Kevin O'Connor was like, "We shall not never take." That, well, yeah. and that might have come from certain uh, voices from certain offices too. Like, yeah, exactly. But man, but, they wouldn't uh, tank. They wouldn't tank, and that that's like Kevin O'Connor's like wet dream is Orlando. Is he's <laughs> he's just like he's like look at all this young talent. He's like, if only he's like the only thing they're missing is Josh Howard, and they would <laughs> they they would really be, be they they would be right up there, ready to com, to contend for for if an there's eight, one thing they can't have enough seed. of, it's another big. Yeah, and they'd be like, man, yeah, big. there's so many bigs, there's so many bigs there, and they're like, man, this team's just one one Josh Howard away from competing for an eight seed and getting swept, it's, <laughs> or it's, another it's, big, or another big. Yeah, exactly. Where he's like, we have Derek Favors, Al Jefferson, Paul Millsap. Draft Cantor. Give me the Cantor. <laughs> I didn't think about that, but that's true. Oh, my gosh. Well, well it's like you know the worst what? way they Can could win, too. They, the uh, Jazz have become one of the elite front offices and coaching staffs in the NBA. They absolutely are. And, and the I, Quinn Snyder have... coaching tree has started. Well, it's absolutely started. Igor left. Igor. And they're going to probably promote from within. I think they should. I think Johnny Bryant, Alex Jensen. Uh, I think Alex Jensen. I think they're going to keep Johnny Bryant so he's focused on player development. Oh, he's a big, big-time player developer. He's great. And I, you know, you hear a lot of people say Igor was a big part of developing players, and so that, you know, darn it, we missed that. But, you know, when you have really talented guys like that, it lets other talented guys want to join the, the staff. And so the Jazz will most definitely either hire with, from within or bring someone in that uh, fits the mold and, and is high level. Uh, but that's the nice thing about being a Jazz fan right now is whatever the Jazz decide to do this offseason, based on what we've seen in the last three years, I know it's going to be the best possible option. It's going to be, you know, this we've... We've uh, scouted every player to the the best we can. We know who the best players are in this draft. We know who the best free agents are in this draft. Are in this draft. We know our cap situation. We know what we want to give to a player and what's too much. And the Jazz are just going to make the right choice. I I'm very comp. It's nice to have confidence in your front office and not be like Orlando. Like it's it's refreshing. It's nice. It is. It, it like this has. I so looking forward to this this off season. So we're starting to get into draft time, and the Jazz had their first first draft workout today um, when they invited. Ah, oh, geez, let me pull up their names. Who, well, who's who's Denver drafting for us this year? That's my. question. I don't know. I so this is this was my favorite thing. So after after the Jazz got eliminated, um, I had some fun. <laughs> We just gotta shade them a little bit. So, so, so first thing I, I I I tweeted at the Denver Stiffs. I said, "Hey, is it okay if we cheat off your draft homework again this year?" <laughs> and then I put on our, um, and then I put on our storyboard, our story layout on the front front of our page, uh, the Denver Stiffs uh, draft draft preview. <laughs> <laughs> and then. They didn't like my, it. We'll just say like that. It. But my favorite part was the DM to them and be like, "When are we getting started?" And then we <laughs> then we tweeted at Denver Stiffs was like, "We just, we share DMs now." 
<laughs> you freaking loser. <laughs> that was, I'm sorry. That was really funny. Sorry, that Denver was... Stiffs. You're not, you're awesome. We love you. You've got we an exciting you. young it. team. And you've this really helped us out this season. <laughs> and here's the thing: the Denver Stiffs they have a really good SB Nation page. They they have they have a really good editor. They they're put out top notch. They're, they're awesome. They're, they're really top. Like going into the this uh, this season for us as a blog, I think we emulated them a lot. Um, I wanted to do a lot of things that they were doing, mm-hmm. but at this at the same time, man, it's fun to clown and. <laughs> And and if if you haven't been following the SLC Dunk Twitter account, you already then you don't know, or you should already know by now. I'm a huge troll. I'm like it is. It, I am very. That's very much on brand for me to do one. <laughs> All of that. <laughs> so, and also, you're welcome for the clicks, guys. Uh, yeah. Next time you get angry at us. But but my favorite thing was just waiting for our our readers to realize, um, basically. Shout, what out, it, shout out to our readers, by the way, for catching that. Like they noticed you saw it. Who was the first one? Who was the first one? Because we got to give a shout out to. All right, um, let's start. Maybe we should. Yes. Because I think it was um, was it on the Utah Jazz or just getting started? I think it was the Utah Jazz or it just was, getting. I think it was on my post, my Facebook Live story. For the last game of the season is where it was, I believe. Uh, let's see here. Um, I think but, I think you're right. I think you're right. So it was on yours. It was on your story. Let's see here. It was. Let's see here. Yeah. Go, okay. I think I I think I got it. Okay. So we're gonna we're gonna go through down because I want to give a special shout out to our <laughs> to to who caught it. <laughs> it made our day when we saw that oh yeah oh, it was nicholas off topic but anyone else find it hilarious that soc don't post a temper draft preview <laughs> <laughs> you know who didn't find it hilarious was denver stiffs sorry denver stiffs <laughs> sorry they didn't it's okay though <laughs> It's okay, it's, we're it's a okay. family, SB yeah. Nation family. Shout out! Look, I'm just trying, oh. trying to just take a break and and not write a few articles for for a little bit. It can get and, just... and dunk, dunkers, it wouldn't be hilarious at all if you flooded the uh, the Denver Stiffs blogs with comments about who they're going to draft for us. That wouldn't be hilarious at all. I I don't recommend you do that right away. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's just too good. It's just uh, uh, <laughs> a really uh, that was just great. So, <laughs> but I or, I don't know. I I guess uh, we're probably coming up on the end here. It's been honestly uh, one of my favorite seasons. It might be my favorite season as a jazz fan. We went from tank note, uh, which was a very viable and realistic opinion, to just seeing the best. <laughs> I saw your Come post about that. You're effort. like, it was a you could fight me on it. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Come at me, bro. That was legit. But, but but that's the thing. Like that when people get mad about that, that's what's so awesome about this season. It's just like that uh, like the fact that there were you started with the season of, you know, hope springs eternal every every first game where you're like, we can be as great as we want to be. And then uh, two months into the season, you're like, we are absolute shit. 
We're not going anywhere. <laughs> we are this, bad. We are a bad Dang team. It. We've got to give up on everything. Burn the fields. <laughs> and then and, and, go, and going from that attitude of, okay, I guess we're looking, I'm playing Tankathon every night. To, I guess I hope we get Doncic. Oh, oh like, we got like because here's here's what the win streak like. That first win streak was like, crap, we won. To crap, we won again. To ah oh, man, we're winning. There's three in a row. This is not gonna. Why are we doing this? To four, be like, hey, I like this. Oh yeah. All the, oh. Uh, okay, five. Oh, I'm okay. Six. Okay, I'm on board. Like it was, it was, <laughs> it was very it just, much a whole real like the whole win streak. That very first win streak was like. Uh, a green eggs and ham moment where it was just like, no, I don't like green eggs and ham. No, no, I don't like them. I don't like them in a boat. I don't, I don't like them. Just yes, I like this. Okay, I like this. So says I have more green eggs and ham. I want this. <laughs> I want all of the green eggs and ham. Well, it's <laughs> just more green it's eggs just, and ham than everybody. That meant that was like what made it so fun. That just like the complete turnaround. It was really like in a movie the montage moment. Like all of it a totally sudden, it is a montage moment. And this is I will die. On a hill, saying that this, if Moneyball can get a can get a movie, my goodness, can can the Utah Jazz get a movie? It was fantastic, and you consider the market and the Rookie of the Year race, and Rudy Gobert, DPOY, and Quinn Snyder looking like a villain every game, and like uh, the Jazz are a fun team now. Like, not only are they a winning team, they're fun to watch. Like, that's what everyone says, too, when you go into work or you talk to people about the Jazz. It's just like how fun it is. You have Donovan Mitchell doing incredible highlights, whether it's, like we said, dunks, game three-pointers for the win. You have Joe Ingles trash-talking players as he buries a three in their face. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rudy Gobert blocking people into the oblivion at on defense and just... And then just like fun basketball to watch. The Jazz have a system where the ball moves and they get good shots and they have isolation plays, which some people aren't the biggest fans of, And but, but it creates highlight plays. And Donovan Mitchell, ISO, is really fun to watch. And so I, it's just a fun team. It's an easy team to root for as well. You've got players like Ricky Rubio who wins Humanitarian of the Month here and there. And, and uh, Five for the Fight is a big, big thing that's easy to be a proud of as a jazz fan it's just yeah it's just a great season it was a whole great season it was a really awesome 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 year and at before we sign off we're going to go through a few predictions because uh to all of our listeners uh james is about to have uh, his wife is about to have their um, 18th child <laughs> and <right>. so <laughs> like uh, what 18 18 what's, what's uh, 18 what's children uh, it's is it, uh this is 19? number four okay. <laughs> i forgot their names though i did forget their names it's, it's not important they're only supposed to remember your name and that's usually <laughs> only when they're going after your money on the will and and i have four I kids and there's first... not going to be any money left so the only rule just... is that i get first scoop of mashed potatoes so that's the rule that all children must remember at this house wow you have <laughs> such high standards <laughs> you've really hit rock bottom haven't you <laughs> right (laughs) because i wear the pants in the family you know what's so funny is one of the things i love about um the post game shows that i do is it forces my wife to allow me to watch the games and since she doesn't listen to this podcast i can say that out loud but (laughs) (laughs) but i uh it's one of the yeah on this on on this mother's day james harden (laughs) 
I mean, our James Harden here. He's he's just uh, collecting collecting kids like they're fouls. Um, <laughs> I don't want to pay taxes. <laughs> so you're su- you're such a good husband. Having your wa- wife have a a baby almost on Mother's Day. Hey, what generosity! I did, what class? They didn't teach me in in elementary school about quote unquote birth control. So sorry, guys. Nor gestation periods, evidently. So <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna start. So before, before so James is gonna be taking a, a sabbatical. He's gonna be taking his parental leave, which, by the way, there is none. I'm sorry. That's right. <laughs> I'll I, I might do things from my from the hospital. We'll see. <laughs> but um, so who is your prediction? Because uh, the lottery is next week. The NBA uh, draft lottery is on the 15th. Mm-hmm. So who is your who is your top 3? So if you were going to say who do you predict is going to have the top 3 picks in the Oh, NBA who draft? wins the lottery? Who wins the lottery? Number 1, number 2, number 3. Uh well, first off, we'll say this, it's not going to be Porlando. Um no, it's not going to be Orlando. I think that let me pull up <laughs> Can I just say I have not done any uh I'm not draft. saying who's selected. I'm just saying who's who's getting the lottery balls. Oh, the lottery balls are going to let's see. So not Porlando. Uh I think that Phoenix is gonna win number one. I just okay. think Phoenix uh, number one. I think Phoenix wins the lottery and um Igor gets to uh reunite with uh his long lost son uh luka Doncic, and then i think phoenix goes after Derek favors so i'll just throw that little bomb in there but anyways uh then i think memphis wins number two because i think that deandre ayton is a player i'd like to see in memphis i don't know i don't care that much and then atlanta wins number three so i think phoenix jumps and gets that and it's maybe a little bit of a boring lottery but whatever Okay, this is this is my prediction. You ready? Yeah. You ready for for my my uh this is my expert prediction. So, my I think the Chicago Bulls the Chicago the number, Bulls we win the number one we get the number one pick. You know, it's not that I mean they're at 6. They're seven, I mean so we went, just, we jumped to 3 from 6 when we got Cantor when we I had know. three power forwards, so. Yeah, that that man isn't that such a Utah Jazz thing? We finally get in the top three of a lottery and we just jank it up. And we got Ennis Canner. It's so on brand for Utah. Like we don't do uh-huh. well with high draft picks. We're like we're really great at drafting like fourteen and like thirteen and higher. Did we've done yeah. good with John Stockton and Carl Malone and Rudy Gobert? You give us a lottery pick, we're like, I, 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 what do you do? We feed it? Do we <laughs> like we? <laughs> so. Uh. So one of um, these days, one of, one of these days, it's not going to be for a while, though. Unless well, the you, thing um, is, is it's like that's the thing about the the draft. It's like, I mean, honestly, like you know, number one picks do turn into LeBron James, but number one picks also turn into Greg Oden. That's why the Jazz, like, you know, they're going to pick well, like, and maybe that's mm-hmm. what later in the draft they're. Anyway, sorry. Okay, so my okay. projection here's my projection. Okay, so one, Chicago. Two, Atlanta. Why? Because I think Atlanta deserves it. Because they're just absolutely dreadful. Just dreadful. 
Mm-hmm. It was because people bailed on them. I don't look at them like they made themselves dreadful. I feel like they got bailed on and they, they were dreadful. And then three, Memphis. Mm. You know, I don't think but it's going to happen. I, I, feel, I feel bad, but Memphis even <laughs> kind of rubs me the wrong way because they, they completely tanked. Like they, they purposefully did. tanked. There's going to so be shady help stuff me, that if, keeps if Cleveland, If Cleveland or Boston or Philadelphia ends up with one of those top picks, I will flip. You know who I, I wouldn't flip. mind seeing? I actually wouldn't mind seeing the Knicks win the number one pick. Just because I, I think you... it would be fun to see the Knicks do well. And it would be nice to see – is it Fizdale or Fizdale? I would, like... I would like to see the Kings have the number one pick. I would be all aboard the Kings having the number one pick. But I'm all about – having it be like all East Coast teams in the top three, just so none and of these guys have to play in the Western Conference. And so exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, like, so let the I Knicks wanted, get I want, I want Atlanta. Okay. Yeah, let's have Atlanta, Orlando, Chicago. There we go. <sighs> Boom. All right, guys, that's all we got for you tonight. Make sure that you go to the SLC Punks podcast in iTunes. Uh, look for it on the search. Just search SLC Punks. You'll find it. And if you got a chance, why not leave us a review? We really appreciate it. And if you write a review, uh, tell us what you think, and we'll go read that. Anyways, uh, we'll talk to you later. 